Good morning. Everybody's awake and ready to go. We're going to start with a welcome to Reverend Steve Reynolds. And I cut down his three-page bio, so I apologize if there's stuff missing. He can fill it in. Um, Steve is an ordained pastor in the American Baptist Churches. He has served in Georgia Plain Baptist Church in Georgia, Vermont, Watsontown Baptist Church in Watsontown, Pennsylvania, and First Baptist Church of Waverly, New York. He was mentioning to me he's been here before at a state convention, so he's seen our church before. He's kept busy doing pulpit supply, and he's certified as a church consultant, along with volunteer work as a chaplain in the area hospitals. He does Red Cross and short-term mission work for disaster relief, as well as being involved in evangelistic campaigns with the Billy Graham Association. He has served the American Baptist Churches of New York State in many ways, as a workshop retreat speaker with the American Baptist Men, as a member of the Regional Enhancement Team assisting churches in pastoral placement, as an instructor for the Lay Studies courses, and on a number of other boards and committees within the denomination. Mr. Reynolds is married to the former Marilyn Brett, and they have two daughters and three grandchildren. We'd like to welcome him this morning as our guest pastor. Thank you. Good job, guys. Our announcements this morning are lengthy, but that's good because we have a lot going on in our church. And there's energy here this morning. Do you feel it? The children are getting ready for the Christmas program. They're practicing. There's a Christmas tree up here and some lights, and there's an energy and excitement for our, our coming events. The, the weekly Bible study meetings are held Wednesday afternoons in the Fellowship Hall at 3 o'clock, followed by a time of prayer from 4 to 4.30. And even if you're not coming for the, the Bible study, you can come just for the prayer time from 4 to 4.30 if you'd like to. And I believe this is going to be the last week of the study that we're finishing up this week. But they'll be starting something new after the holidays. If you're interested in church membership or baptism, please reach out to Pastor Mike. He's setting up a time where we can uh, take in new members. And for those <coughs> that want to be baptized, I think there's going to be a baptism class coming up. If you'd like to bring flowers, we try to add in poinsettias and different flowers for the holidays. You can speak to Sandy Eckentile Smith, and Sandy will help advise you on whether we need low ones or big ones, different colors, but you're welcome to bring any. And you can dedicate them in memory or in honor of a loved one to adorn the sanctuary. If you bring them in and let the church office know who you're dedicating them to so we can have that listed in the bulletin. 2021 Retired Ministers and Missionaries Offering. That's going to be starting December 12th 
to the 26th, and that's for all of the pastors and missionaries who have worked over the years in the American Baptist group. And it's an extra little Christmas gift that tides them over. I know it's a really important thing for the retired ministers because their social security's not going up, you know, and it's an extra bonus that they really need. Our goal is 450. If you'd like to donate, make sure you make a notation on your check or in the envelope. It's time of year to show our appreciation for our staff. And we always do a Christmas gift to all the people that work within the church. So if you want to make a, a gift for that, put a notation on your donation. And special, ta-da, <laughs> you're invited to stay after church today and help decorate the Christmas tree and hang up the greens to decorate the sanctuary. Everyone is welcome to help. So if you can stay and help decorate the sanctuary and the tree, please do so. We had some elves with the Eckentiles and the Locke family got the tree set up and lights on so it's ready to have the rest of the decorations. We're going to be starting our worship with two choruses. Yep, got more. Okay. One board will meet right after church next Sunday. Okay. Thank you, Cal. Anything else? Candles. No. Then we're going to sing. Ready? <laughs> Advent candles. Which one of the Advent candles? I have what? Advent candles. <gasps> yes. Thank you, Jim. We're not going <laughs> to sing. We're going to do the Advent candle first. <laughs> See, we work together to stay on track. I get off track easy. <laughs> We're going to do the Advent candle at this time. The Eckentile family will be filling in for the Suda family, who were not able to come today. Copy of the what? The reading today for Advent is Isaiah chapter 9, verses 2 and 6 through 7, and then chapter 11, verses 1 through 6. Let us pray. The Lord who walked in darkness, the, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwell in the land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. I need another hand. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end. And on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness 
from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. There shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse, and a branch from his roots shall bear fruit. And the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. And his delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what his eyes see or decide disputes by what his ears hear, but with righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. And he shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips he shall kill the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt of his waist, and faithfulness the belt of his loins. The wolf shall dwell with the lamb, and the leopard shall lie down with the young goat, and the calf and the lion and the fattened calf together, and a little child shall lead them. Happened to good old fashioned matches. Thank you. In your bulletin, there are the chorus one and two, and also on the screen. If you'll stand and we'll sing. Take my lips. 
hearts and let them be filled with message laws of thee. Take my silver and my gold, not all might would I withhold, not all might would I withhold. <clears throat> Take my love and Lord I pour at thy feet its treasure store. Take myself and I will be ever only all for to have him. You are my strength when I am weak. You are my treasure that I seek. You are my all in all. Seeking you as a precious jewel, Lord, to give up I'd be a fool, you are my all in all. Jesus, Lamb of God, worthy is your name. Jesus, Lamb of God, Again, I bless your name. You are my all in all. When I fall down, you pick me up. When I am dry, you fill my cup. You are my all in all. Jesus, Lamb of God, should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. Be not like a horse or mule without understanding, which must be Many are the sorrows of the wicked, but steadfast love surrounds <coughs> the one who trusts in the Lord. Be glad in the Lord, We 
Will you join me with the invocation? Thank you, Lord, for your unfailing mercies. We wait patiently for your presence among us both today and through the holiday season. We wait patiently for your presence always and forevermore. Like the Hebrews of old, we trust in you and are obedient to you because we expect and are confident in your redemption of us. Hear the prayers of sinners who trust in a holy God. May we awaken every day to the song in our hearts that says that Christ is King and sits with the Father on heaven's throne. May we awaken every day confident that the Holy Spirit is with us. To God in Christ Jesus be the glory. Amen. Next, we're going to do hymn number 86. Come thou long expected Jesus. beautiful hymn, certainly, as we celebrate the expectation of Jesus' birth, but more importantly, the expectation that he's coming again, and that we have the hope of the second coming, when all the stuff that we're dealing with in the world today will no longer, we'll have to worry about it. There will be a new heaven and a new earth, and we rejoice in that. As we go to prayer today, I would welcome at this time, if you have any concerns 
uh, uh, joys or concerns. If there's some answered prayer, that's great too. Uh, at this opportunity, I'll give you the chance to uh, share those at this time. I guess we have microphones there, okay. I'm very thankful for your prayers. My mom passed yesterday morning peacefully. Okay, anyone else? I'd just like to share the joy in being able to recognize God's intervention at all, all times. And this morning <clears throat> was a perfect one in that we get a phone call and the advent can't be done by um, a nice family, a wonderful family, but it gave the opportunity for my mom and family to do that. And that's God's intervention as always. I would like prayers for my brother and his wife in the loss of uh, Jenny's uh, brother. Over here. Prayers for all those who are traveling especially our son who is en route to South Carolina today with our van. We will be following him tomorrow, and we just wish everyone here a Merry Christmas and a blessed New Year. Continued prayers for Pat Phillips. Rosemary Larson and Phil Otto, and all of those who are shut in. Let's join our hearts in prayer. Lord, we come before you today just so <clears throat> thankful for how you do intervene, how you answer prayer, we thank you for this time of year where we are reflecting on the greatest gift of all, your son Jesus Christ, who came into this world for our sins. And God, as you've heard these various requests, we, we, we thank you for how you have intervened. We also lift up those who perhaps are struggling this time of year. You know, it was mentioned about the shut-ins, you know, and we think about how Oftentimes you hear the Christmas song, it's the most wonderful time of the year, but for some, it's a very difficult time. Whether it's because they're shut in or they're grieving over the loss of a loved one, um, there's a variety of circumstances that people go through during this time. And Lord, it's so easy for people to lose hope, to, lose, to become discouraged. And we pray that through your Holy Spirit, you would intervene, you would intervene in a mighty way to those who are, who are struggling today. And as you have heard these various requests, God, lift up every one of them that they, that they may sense the presence and power of God. Lord, we also want to look to prayer, though, not only to these needs that we've shared, 
but also as we think about our nation, our community and our nation, and we know there's, there's a hunger, there's a spiritual thirst out there, and we pray, God, that your spirit, that the presence of Jesus Christ may touch hearts in our community and in our nation and in our world. Lord, we know there are people who are living in fear, people who are filled with lots of anxiety. And so, God, we commit our nation to you. We pray for our church's two pastors. We thank you for your calling of them to this congregation. I thank you for the opportunity that I had personally to meet them at that workshop I did a, couple, a month or two ago. Thank you for their ministry here. We pray, God, that as they are away, that you would give them traveling mercies, you would protect them. But God, as they come back here, that you will just uh, give them a real joy and, and, and encouragement. Lord, we thank you for this church and, and, and the ministry that is here. God, we thank you for the opportunity for this church to minister to the community of Norwich and surrounding areas. God, we do wanna just praise you for, this, for your love, for your mercy. We lift up, uh, again, those who are serving Christ throughout the world. I think of our missionaries. We pray that you will be especially encouraging them today. So God, we come here as we remember that prayer, as we say the Lord's Prayer together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Alleluia, 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 Alleluia. Ethan, I need your help. Will you come help me? We have this treasure box, and we have to come up with a story. I'm going to take two things. Ethan, you get one. Come stand by me here. You're my helper today. Thanks for coming up, guys. Look <clears throat> at these decorations. I think we have a reindeer in our group. <laughs> you know, you can always find reindeers hanging out where there are trees, right? <laughs> um, some of the kids that were going to be here this morning couldn't be here, and it was really special that the Eckentile family could jump in and do the Advent candles, and it's a special thing to be asked as a family to do that, isn't it? Yeah, because you guys have done it. I think you guys, maybe this year, you'll get a chance, Ethan, we'll see. Um, but I picked out something out of the box. What is this? What does it give? Light. Yeah. And you have to have something to make this candle work, right? Yeah. Yeah. A lighter or some matches. 
What'd you say? Anything that makes fire. Yeah. And boys know about things that start fire, huh? Campfires and all that stuff. Um, how about Ethan? What's he got? Yeah, that. Hold it up. Ooh, look at this. It's got all kinds of light. Light on one end. Do it again, Ethan. Light on the side. That's pretty cool. What helps this light to work? Yes. Batteries. Yeah, there's energy inside. Now, Jesus is the light of the world. So what puts the energy or the light into Jesus? <laughs> what puts that light, that energy, makes him shine bright for us? Hmm. Is it God the Father? Yeah. God the Father put the energy and the light into Jesus when he came to this world. How about when Jesus left the world? They didn't have the light for a little while. Then what happened? Pentecost happened, and the light came with the Holy Spirit. And now each one of us has the light inside of us because we have the Holy Spirit. When we believe in Jesus, we get the Holy Spirit inside of us. And he kind of guides us and lights our way, lights our ears all over the place. <laughs> but God helps us to shine so we can be his light in the world and make people smile, huh? You tell people about God whenever you get a chance and let your light shine out and tell them, all about Jesus, okay? Shall we say a prayer? Thank you, God, for sending your Son, the light of the world. And thank you, Jesus, for sending the Holy Spirit to light us up on the inside that we can share with all the world. In your name, we honor you and do this in your name and your glory. Amen. We used to come back, just lay on that I was thinking when that young lady with the antlers was walking, you should have sung as a deer today. Probably would have been the appropriate <laughs> thing today. But that, that's so cute. That's great. We're going to continue our worship by singing, which perhaps is the oldest Christmas carol that we know of, or Advent carol. And it's called O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. Let's sing this together, this great old hymn. <laughs> Shall come to thee, O oh, yeah. 
strife and quarrels cease. Fill the whole world with heaven's peace. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to Today's scripture lesson is found in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 29, verses 4 to 14. I'm going to be reading a slightly different translation. It's the New Living Translation, but it's in your bulletin, or if you have a Bible that you bring from home, we can look at this text. Very important passage of scripture. Jeremiah, chapter 29, beginning at verse 4. This is what the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of Israel says to all the captives he has exiled to Babylon from Jerusalem. Build homes and plan to stay. Plant gardens and eat the food they produce. Marry and have children. Then find spouses for them so that you may have many grandchildren. Multiply, do not dwindle away and work for the peace and prosperity of the city where I sent you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, for its welfare will determine your welfare. This is what the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of Israel, says. Do not let your prophets and fortune tellers who are with you in the land of Babylon trick you. Do not listen to their dreams, because they are telling you lies in my name. I have not sent them, says the Lord. This is what the Lord says. You will be in Babylon for 70 years, but then I will come and do for you all the good things I have promised, and I will bring you home again. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not disaster, to give you a future and a hope. In those days when you pray, I will listen if you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. I will be found by you, says the Lord. I will end your captivity and restore your fortunes. I will gather you out of the nations where I sent you and will bring you home again to your own land. Let us join our hearts in prayer. Father, we pray now that as we hear your word today, that your Holy Spirit would be working in our lives. Lord, that you will be speaking to us in a very personal but also corporate way that we may hear your voice today, God. We thank you in the name of Christ. Amen. Just want to say uh, it's a pleasure to be here and to have this opportunity of preaching here in Norwich. You know, one of my biggest fears that I have, because I always go to a lot of different churches. Uh, I supply preach pretty much, pretty much all over central New York. And one of my big fears, I don't know if you remember this, there were a few years ago, there was this advertisement where there was a rock concert and the, the lead singer says, hello Atlanta, and the drummer says, uh, we're in Detroit. Um, so I want to say, hello Elmira. So I mean, it's always that kind of thing of, oh, I'm going to get the wrong place. But it's great being here. It's a pleasure being able to share God's word with you today. 
You know, as we look at the passage that I just shared with you, um, it was a time in Israel's history that was really the worst of times. It was a time they had been taken away into captivity. They were people without a home. They were fish, they were like fish out of water. And I have to ask the question for ourselves today, how many of us feel over the past year and a half, almost two years now, we've been in captivity? How many of you feel that way? You know, when is this all going to end? And of course, not only, maybe not only on the whole thing with the pandemic, we've heard a lot about that and we're still doing it. Now we have a, a, now we have a, a new virus or a new uh, variant out. And I even saw a thing this week on Facebook that, that said, now that I've, now I just put my Delta decorations up. Now I got to put my Omicron decorations up now. You know, we, 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 I think we're tired of it. And certainly the pandemic has had a huge impact on the church, it's had an impact in our lives. And of course, maybe in personal ways, we wonder when is this gonna be over? Maybe we're dealing with a family situation or health issues and other issues. For Israel, it was the worst of times. They were in captivity, things were horrible, and I think sometimes we feel much like the Israelites did many, many years ago. Now the question is, is then what do we do in the midst of that? Because in this passage that I read here in Jeremiah 29, Jeremiah, speaking on behalf of the Lord, he was a prophet of the Lord, had these words of encouragement to people held in captivity. And I believe for us today, God's word has something to say to us today about the situation we are in. How do we deal with that? Because I'll tell you what often people do when there is a crisis, when often the, what people do when there is a time where you feel like you're in exile or in captivity, one thing is to ignore the problem and pretend it doesn't exist, or to go into hiding, to retreat, to go in a closet somewhere and hope it will be over someday. Or we live in fear. We live in absolute terror. And so Jeremiah had some words of encouragement to a people being held in captivity. And so I want you to look at the scripture today because three times in this particular passage, there's a very important statement. It says this, this is what the Lord of hosts or the Lord of heaven's army, the God of Israel says. Three times in this letter that Jeremiah is writing to the people, to the elders, to the leaders. Three times, God says some very important truths to people living in exile. And I believe there's some good practical situations for us as well as we look at this text. The first thing I want you to look at, if you have that Bible passage in front of you, is to read verses four through seven. And let me just read these verses for you again. It says, this is what the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of Israel says to all the captives he has exiled to Babylon from Jerusalem. Build homes and plan to stay. Plant gardens and eat the food they produce. Marry and have children. Then find spouses for them so that you may have many grandchildren. Multiply, do not dwindle away. 
and work for the peace and prosperity of the city where I sent you into exile. Here in this passage, in these verses, the first thing that the Lord has to say to people in exile is to live life. Don't forget to live. You know, he does not instruct God's people to go into retreat mode, but to have an impact on where they live, even though they were sent into exile into a foreign land. He instructs them to build houses, have children, encourage the, the, the same for, their, for the, when their children grow up, and they used to have arranged marriages to, to make find spouses for them so they could have grandchildren. And interestingly enough, they were going to be in this for the long haul. It was going to be at least 70 years. 70 years. And he didn't tell them to just go and hide someplace or to go into retreat mode. And I think we need to understand it is very easy for us during a time of crisis to just go into hiding. I think we have done that sometimes even in this crisis that we are in. We, we, we've just kind of gone into retreat mode and we, we've kind of gone into our own little corner hoping that it will be over someday. But Jeremiah's letter, God's word says, build homes, plan to stay, make the most out of where God has placed us at this particular time. And most importantly, verse 7 he says, and I love this verse, it says, and work for the peace and prosperity of the city where I have sent you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, for its welfare will determine your welfare. In other words, have a ministry even in the midst of a time of difficulty where we feel like we're in exile. To work for the peace of the community where they were. Now, the temptation for the Israelites at this point, would have been just to go into hiding. You know, oh man, we're gonna be here 70 years, or, or to start feeling sorry for themselves, or, or to live in fear. Remember, they have lost their homes. They have been sent into exile. They had no place to live. They had to make the most out of where they were. They were captives in a foreign land. And don't we feel that way? Maybe we feel it on a personal level, where it just seems like things are not going our way. Certainly, I think, so often I think, and, I, and my experiences with various churches, is it's so easy to just kind of go in and hope this is pandemic will be over someday. But what does he say? Live life. Make the most out of it. Make a difference in the community that you are in. And in this context, Norwich. We have a golden opportunity here to be the hands and feet of Jesus in a community that probably most people are living in fear. And that's one of the things we need to remember because it's real easy to live in fear. C.S. Lewis, of course, was a well-known author, of course, The Chronicles of Narnia. This was a quote that was attributed to him, and I want to just read you this quote. It's a little bit long, but I think it's such a great quote. It's attributed to him. Of course, he wrote this right around the time that the Cold War was beginning, right after World War II, right around that time. And of course, it was when the atomic bomb was being formed, you know, was being used. Of course, we had the situation with the atomic bomb used in Japan, and of course, there was the arms race between Russia and the United States, Cold War, right after World War II. But listen to what C.S. Lewis said during that time, this quote that's attributed to him. 
Let me just read you this. How are we to live in, a, in an atomic age? I am tempted to reply, why, as you would have lived in the 16th century when the plague visited London almost every year, or as you would have lived in a Viking age when raiders from Scandinavia might land and cut your throat any night, or indeed as you are already living in an age of cancer, an age of chronic pain, an age of paralysis, an age of air raids, an age of railroad accidents, an age of motor accidents. In other words, do not let us begin by exaggerating the novelty of our situation. Believe me, dear sir or madam, you and all whom you love were already sentenced to death before the atomic bomb was invented, and quite a high percentage of us were going to die in unpleasant ways. It is perfectly ridiculous to go about whimpering and drawing long faces because the scientists have added one more chance of painful and premature death to a world which already bristled with such chances and in which death itself was not a chance at all but a certainty. The first action to be taken is to pull ourselves together. If we are all going to be destroyed by an atomic bomb, let that bomb, when it comes, find us doing sensible and human things. Praying, working, teaching, reading, listening to music, bathing the children, playing tennis, chatting to our friends over a pint. That's not a Baptist thing, but anyways. And a game of darts, not huddled together as frightened sheep and thinking about death. They may break our bodies. A microbe can do that, but they need not dominate our minds. And that's exactly what God's word saying. We have been so preoccupied with this pandemic and preoccupied maybe with our own personal crises, we forget that Christ has called us to come and have life and live it abundantly. John 10.10, 10, I have come that they may have life and live it abundantly. That's why he says, in the midst of being held as an exile, build homes, have kids, Live life, but most of all, pray for the prosperity and work for the peace and prosperity of where you live, even though you're in captivity. That's the first thing that we see in this text that I think is really important for us during this time. But there's a second thing here that is also important. Let me read verses 8 and 9. Again, we see that phrase, this is what the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of Israel, says. We see that phrase again. Listen to this. Do not let your prophets and fortune towers who are with you in the land of Babylon trick you. Do not listen to their dreams because they're telling you lies in my name. I have not sent them, says the Lord. The second thing that we can learn is that don't believe everything you hear. And he's telling the Israelites this because there were people, once they got into captivity, there were people saying, well, hey, we're, this is only going to be a short-term deal. You know, no problem. You know, and they had all kinds of promises. There were all kinds of voices that were telling them what the Lord was going to do when they really were not speaking for the Lord. So Jeremiah says, don't believe everything you hear. Now, I have a little secret I want to share with you today. And listen very carefully. Not everything in the news that we hear is true. Not everything we read on Facebook is true. Not everything on Twitter is true. In fact, one of the tragedies, I think, of our time, even Christians get caught up in that, we'll believe anything. Well, obviously, depending on what news channel you listen to, it must be true because they're speaking it. 
don't believe everything, but always measure it by God's word. What does scripture say about this? Because yes, we are in a difficult time as a nation, as a world. We're in a difficult time as a church. We don't know how all this is going to pan out. And it's going to be so easy to be influenced by everything we hear. And we're getting bombarded with stuff. Maybe we need to turn off the news more and open our Bibles more and try to focus on the truth of God's word. Because we're just getting bombarded and it's so easy to get sucked in. And I even see people who are people of faith. They'll post things. I I have a morning devotional on Facebook every morning. I've been doing this since the pandemic began. I do a morning devotional. studying. We we study scripture together for about 20 minutes. I got probably 8, 10, 15 people joining me every day. And it's been kind of exciting. But I'll tell you what. People who are professing Christians, some of the stuff they post, they'll believe anything. I think our focus always has to be back to the scripture and allow God's word to speak to us because it's so easy to get sucked in to everything we're hearing. You know what? I don't care what news channel we listen to. Take it all with a grain of salt because chances are it may not be true. And what really is dangerous, I think, in this time that we live in is just because it agrees with our position just because it agrees with what we think, then we assume it's true. Don't always assume it's true. Because we always like the news when it agrees with what we agree with. We don't like the news if it doesn't. Always weigh it according to the scripture. And that's what Jeremiah is saying. Don't believe everything you hear. Especially when we're in exile, when we're going through a crisis, it's so easy. Every rumor, every story, oh, it must be true. Be very careful. And he's warning the Israelites not to believe everything. Because even people who are, t- are, who are speaking in the name of the Lord may not be always telling you the truth. It always has to be backed by Scripture. So there's that warning that he gives to the people. So first of all, he talks about the fact, live life. Secondly, don't believe everything you hear. The third thing he says, and this is the good news. So far, it's kind of setting the tone here. But listen to what he says in verses 10 to 14. Again, there's that phrase. This is what the Lord says. Again, there's that phrase. You will be in Babylon for 70 years. Now, at first glance, that doesn't seem like good news to me. Could you imagine being in captivity for 70 years? How many are tired after just under two years of the pandemic? I am. There are just days, I'll I'll make a confession right now. There are days I just want to scream, no more. I don't want to hear about variants. I don't want to hear about any of it. I'm tired of it. I can't wait for the day. One thing I love about preaching, I don't have to wear a mask when I'm preaching. I'm tired, you know, hearing about vaccinations, you know, because Christians are on both sides of the issues. It's a big big deal and everybody's freaked out about it. And I'm, I'm tired of it, I'll be honest. And we don't know how long it's going to last. But I'm tired of it, and it hasn't even been two years. Can you imagine the Israelites, when he heard Jeremiah saying, guess what, you're going to be doing this for 70 years. I hope we're not doing this 70. Of course, if I'm doing it 70 years, at that point, I'll be 135 years old or something like 140 years old. Pretty close to 140. I don't think I'll see 70 years. But the thing is, 
At first glance, it doesn't seem like good news. But listen to this. But then I will come and do for you all the good things I have promised. And I will bring you home again. For I know, and this verse you probably have heard, maybe you've even quoted it. And understand the context of this verse. This is not just about getting a good job and that God has good plans for us. This was written in the context of crisis and exile. This verse, it's a very familiar verse of scripture. It says, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster. Yes, you're in captivity. Yes, it doesn't look good. Yes, there's difficulty. But I will give you a future and a hope. In those days when you pray, I will listen. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me, and I will be found by you, says the Lord. I will end your captivity and restore your fortunes. I will gather you out of the nations where I sent you and will bring you home again to your own land. Now that's words of encouragement. Because I have news for you folks. As bad as things are right now, and I don't know how long it's going to last, I don't know how long your personal crises are going to last. Maybe you're going through health issues. Maybe you've been battling your job situation. Maybe you're battling a bunch of things personally. I don't know how long those things will last. And yeah, it can get discouraging. It can get hard. And it can cause us to want to go into some corner and and just, just, Lord, stop the world. I want to get off. But you know, there's going to be a day when everything's going to be made right. God's promises us. God's promised us that. You know, we talk about this being the Advent season. It was anticipation of the coming Messiah. And really, the people during Jeremiah's time were in the first Advent. But guess what, folks? We are in an Advent season, but it's not the first Advent. It is the second Advent where we anticipate that great and glorious day when Christ will return and will make all things right. Book of Revelation says, I will make a new heaven and a new earth. There'll be no more crying or suffering or pain anymore. So no matter what we go through, this is not the final deal. We have the hope of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We have the hope that is ours in Christ. And that no matter what we go through, no matter how hard it is, no matter how much we might feel like we're in exile, that God's promises are true that he has a future for us and a hope. If we are in Christ Jesus today and we have committed our lives to him as our Lord and Savior, he has a future and a hope for us. And we will find him. And he will will come to us and restore us and give us the ultimate assurance of eternal life with Jesus Christ. You know, we celebrate Christmas. It's more than just a story about a cute little baby in Bethlehem. But it's about the one who grew up and died on a cross for our sins, who forgave us, but who on that third day rose from the grave and overcame, overcame death and suffering, and who someday will return and will give us the assurance of eternal life for those who are in Christ. And so even though we're in captivity right now, it's not the final word. It's not the final thing. And we can find our peace and our comfort knowing that Jesus Christ is ultimately victorious. Let's pray. Father, we want to thank you so much for your word. We need the encouragement today because it's been a hard time. This Christmas has been a hard time, and we're discouraged. And Lord, it's so easy to want to just get off the world, 
to check out. And yet, Father, we thank you that you call us to live abundantly, to, to really work for the prosperity and peace of this community. I thank you for this church, God, for their passion for you. I pray that they'll have a, 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 a positive impact on Norwich and the surrounding community. And God, not only do we pray for that, we also pray for, we just pray that we won't believe every little thing we hear, that we'll put our trust in your word. But God, help us not to lose hope. Help us to anticipate that great and glorious day when you will return and there'll be no more suffering, no more pain anymore. To that we give you the glory in the name of Christ. Amen. As we prepare for the Lord's Supper, we're going to sing another great old Christmas carol, O Come All Ye Faithful. Oh, 
flesh appearing. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him. Christ the Lord. I can think of no better way than to follow up with that hymn and also the message from God's word than serving and sharing in the Lord's Supper. This is a reminder of the hope we have in Christ, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And so as we partake of the table today, let us celebrate the fact that Jesus Christ was willing to go to the cross for our sins. Let us join our hearts in prayer as we prepare for this time of celebration. Lord God, I want to thank you that you are the Lord. And we thank you, God, that you were willing to send your one and only Son to this world, that through Christ we can have eternal life. God, as we partake of these elements, may they be a reminder once again of of your sacrificial love for us, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us, that your broken body and your shed blood is a reminder of, of your forgiveness, of your grace and your mercy. In the name of Jesus our Lord, amen. On the night that our Savior is betrayed, Jesus broke the bread and he said, this is my body which is broken for you. This is my body which is broken for you. Take and eat all of it. In like manner, Jesus also took the cup and he said, this is my blood which is shed for the forgiveness of sins ministering to you in name, in his name, take this cup and drink. This is my blood which is shed for you. It is finished. When Jesus said those words, it is finished, it was not a sign of defeat, but it was a sign of victory, that what Christ came to do was accomplished for us. And so as we leave this place today, let's walk with the assurance that because of the grace of Jesus, the fact that he overcame death, that we can walk from this place in hope and celebration of all that God has done and will do. And as we close our service today, let's join together in singing, Blessed Be the Tie That Binds, as we celebrate the fellowship we have with our Lord and with each other. be the tie that binds our hearts
wants in Christian love the fellowship of kindred minds is like to that above. Thought for our benediction, we'll do this without music. I want to just sing the chorus to O Come, All Ye Faithful again. So, O come, let us adore him. O come, let us adore him. O come, let us adore him. Christ the Lord. Father, we thank you so much for your love for us. Now may the love of the Father, the grace of our Lord Jesus, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit lead us both now and forever. Amen. And all God's people said, Amen.